Baruch Hashem, we were able to come back together, come back together to con- to continue to complete the sefer, the first our first sefer of the Lord Mishkan Avenue. We have a lot of work to do to continue. I first want to thank uh, my dear friends Michelle and Nitzi Braunschweig. I was particularly delighted when I spoke to Michelle today, and she told me. The Hashgacha Pratis here was so special that when she received the call asking if it would be okay, so she was so excited when she realized that it, it came out that tonight comes out the outside of her father, Allah Shalom, uh, Rabbi Avram Zev Ben Yisachar, who she described to me as being an extraordinary person of a young age from a Hasidisha home. He went to learn in Tells and then Lakewood, and he, had, he was a Musmach of Rabbi Meisha Feinstein. It was, involved in starting the, the Philadelphia Yeshiva and then later on in our neighborhood it was so much a part of starting Halb was a Rebbe was a Rebbe for Talmidim there many many Talmidim over the years teaching Gemara and how special it was it is for her and for us that the Hashgacha protest wanted that there should be a schus of together in the house this night and and uh, I want to thank Michelle on behalf of everybody and and the brought the Nisham Shataka have an Ali and she Yosha for you and for Yisi for the children and Bez Hashem Shavali Simchas Matavadayna. And for all the Nashim Sakani is, I apologize last year, at the end I thought I would squeeze in the last year, but I realized it was, Baruch Hashem, there was Simchas every night, but it wasn't just that, it was to, to rush through the last part, which is the most delicious few pages, and to rush through it would be. Such an avlo, and I said, "What it was? Is a schedule or something? It's not the have the schedule. It's just a little bit of a frumigate sahara to try to finish something when instead of doing it properly, instead of doing it properly. So I thought, so was so we'll, we'll we'll be able to be more relaxed and and to 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 complete the sefer the menuchas and afish, and to be able as I said to continue. We're going to be continuing after we finish the sefer. Some have been here from the very beginning." We're going to we're going to continue with Chelak Dalad that I'm ordering Mez Hashem. I know you can ask why are we going from Aleph to Dalad. It's a very mysterious thing that the author did with the with the different volumes and how it works. And uh, the the natural continuation for us from Aleph will be to go to Dalad. So I'll be ordering Mez Hashem's farm. I mean, I did. They should be arriving soon. But we have now. Uh, to, to learn together the last parakes. Those of you, some of you might have the newer edition of this. Most of you have the one that we got at the beginning, which ends with this chapter. Some of you might have a newer edition that has a little bit of a continuation, which is anyway included in the later, in, in what we're going to be doing later. So don't have to worry about that. We're, we're not going to miss it. It's just that in the first edition of Bilavi, um, it ends with this section Hashem, on the love of Hashem which is the tachlis the tachlis of our, of our lives the tachlis of our vayda of all that we do is to be able to come to a madrega of Ahavas Hashem to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. to us that sounds so strange we're, we're, we're really really aspiring just to be good servants of God and we were talking last year at the end I mean last Zman at the end it's the new year so but we were speaking at the end of the Zman before the summer we were talking about years Hashem 
and a healthy fear of God, what that means, that we, we grew up with such a mistaken idea and, and such a, an upsetting idea of Yerushalayim, of what it means to be God-fearing. And we were able to learn a new mahalach to understand what it means to be God-fearing. That, at least, I think all of us can relate to on some level what it means to be, to be God-fearing to be good and to be God-fearing even the higher level of, that we learned that we spoke about at length about uh, a fear of God a healthy fear of God that comes from a person's closeness to Hashem and not wanting to disappoint Him or to Khalil to do something that would, wouldn't be pleasing in His eyes all of us can relate to that when it comes to love of God you know we're all trying so hard just to, to love our family and friends and we don't know and to love other Jews and not to get involved in all kinds of stuff that's not healthy, that's not right. To love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, any one of us, even if we might not say so, almost every one of us thinks that that's like a madrega, that's a level of a big, big, big tzaddikim. That's like for very special, extraordinary people. But Ahavas Hashem, love of God, is not something that any of us could relate to because, you know, we never met Him. And it's very hard to love, to love someone that you never met. And it's very hard to, to relate to this whole idea of loving the Rabbani Shlalom, to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's a very big avayda. We're only going to begin it here. Then we're going to be learning a little bit something from Chelek Hay that I'll probably photostat for you just to finish up a tiny bit here. And then we'll continue in the next Chelek. We're going to talk about this a lot. What does it mean to, to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu? You know, it's one of the 613 verses. And that means that Hashem is well gave for all of us. And here there's no time-related exemption for ladies, right? <laughs> it's not, it's not like, we're not talking about tefillin or something like that. So, it's a mitzvah that's incumbent upon every single, by mitzvah, bas mitzvah. We say it every single day, to love Hashem with all your heart and soul and all, everything that you have, to love Hashem. And, and it's, it's scary that from the time that we're children, we sort of wrote off that mitzvah. That that's one that, you know, maybe the last minute before I'm 120, maybe maybe somehow mysteriously I'll feel that. But I'm just going to concentrate now on the stuff that's within my reach. And of course, that's not what Hashem wants. Hashem wants us to fulfill this mitzvah. Like He wants to fulfill all the other mitzvahs. Some mitzvahs we can't fulfill for no fault of our own because we don't have Yisrael, Menachem, Besamekish, and so on. So there are things that we can't do. But the mitzvah of Ahavas Hashem, of loving Hashem, does not depend upon a Besamekish, doesn't depend upon Yisrael, doesn't depend upon where you are or where you're from if you're, if you're a Jew and you're five mitzvahs. Like all of us are obligated to, to fulfill the mitzvahs. We're obligated in the mitzvah of Ahavas Hashem. Therefore, it must be that Hashem is brought that Hashem gave us the mitzvah in a way that we could that we could accomplish this, that we, that we should be able to that we should be able to live with the Havas Hashem. So let's learn on our level a little bit. Let's begin. <clears throat> let's conclude. Let's begin with the Indian of Havas Hashem. For those of you that don't have the safest, and he look on with a friend. And uh, and Bez Hashem, as I said, anyway, we're going to be ordering. I'm going to be ordering this from. I don't have such an idea of how many this list here. You know, I, I got some and then it wasn't enough and then I got some afterwards and it was too much and I don't know exactly. So we'll try to make it we'll try to make a a, a and uh, and to figure that out. Ahavas Hashem, page Kuf Yud Tes. Kuf Yud Tes. Hine Ahavas Hashem, he mitzvah say their ISIS. I just said. The love of Hashem is a positive commandment from the Torah. Kidhsiv, as we all 
No, we have to as a shemel kecha bechol avcha bechol nafshu bechol meidach to love the bnei shalom with all your heart and everything, all your nefeshim bechol meidach. Hashakol adam mechuyev b'havas Hashem. That means that every single Jew is chayiv in the mitzvah of b'havas Hashem. Is obligated to fulfill this mitzvah of b'havas Hashem. The niska because of sholosh dargis. The Torah is telling us that there are three levels of b'havas Hashem. Three levels in the love of Hashem. B'chol avcha. With all of your heart, b'chol nafshcha, with all of your soul, b'chol ma'idachi, even if it means giving up all of your possessions, b'chol levavcha, b'chol nafshcha, b'chol ma'idachi. V'hine mavur b'svarim hakadoshim, sheyesh shnei eifanim shel ahava. The svarim hakadoshim teach us that there are two ways of ahava. Many of you will be familiar with this, and that you learned this growing up. And Navi, and you taught from Chazal. There are two basic types of Ahava. We'll start here, and we'll talk a little bit more from another sefer of his Aleph Ahava Hatliyah There is, as many of you know, a type of love that is Tliyah that is dependent upon something else. It's not pure. Ahava Tliyah which Chazal gave us the example of uh, that we have in in, uh, in Navi Tavshalom and Tamar, and a Hava which is totally bedava, a love that is dependent upon something, means that the love, the love that even when it comes between human beings, is not a love for who that person is, but for what that person can provide me with. What that person can do for me, even though it sounds selfish, on a higher level, on a higher level, there, there, it, it certainly is something which is itself very much, very much uh, a, a beautiful and important part of life. That's called a havat liyibadar. I, I said, absolutely. I mean, I'm not in tumma. I said, I'm not in tumma. It's a very, it's a very uh, important part of life, and it's a very major part of life. A havat liyibadar, a love where a person get something in return and is expecting something in return. A love that is on the, in the purest state that does not depend, it's not a love that is dependent upon getting something in return. It's not a conditional love. It's a love that's for what it is. Which Chazal tells us that's the love of David, Hamalach and Yainasan. There's a love that people have with each other, men, women, friends, and with the Barishal, that's called an Ahava Sha'inat Libidav, a love that does not depend on anything. Ahava Tlibidava, the first type of love, which is an Ahava Tlibidava, which is a love that is dependent upon something. Ahava Tlibidava in Yana Shah Adam Ayhev Mahmas Dovarma. That means when the person loves somebody else or loves Akadash Baruch because of what that person or what Hashem does for me. I love you because this is what who you are to me, this is what you do for me. Which for many of us sounds like that's the best you could do. That's a very high thing. There's so many ingrates in the world. The, the people are getting so much and, feel, and feeling no sense of not even the slightest feeling of, uh, uh, of acknowledgement or to get a nice word or to get a little bit of uh, uh, kindness when you're so good to somebody that we understand. On a very basic level, this sounds pretty good. Ahavat means that you love 
But the love, the love is when the person It's when you love because of something. Because it's not hava, it's a love where a person gets in return. It, it, it could even be on a higher level where what you get in return is that feeling of being loved yourself. That's also good. Many, many times I've heard, I've heard uh, a, a husband say to a wife, or a wife say to a husband, or, you know, come to talk to me and say, I don't need any of your gifts. I don't want your gifts. I just, I just ask that you love me in return. I just ask that you show me love in return. Okay, but say that that's a, that's a more that's a more sublime and more refined gift that you expect back. But self self, that's also something that you want. It's also something that you want. It's a, it's a more harsh of a thing. It's not like you know. It's not some say that you want you know a car or a diamond or a bracelet or something. You you want a have in return. You want a have in return. So those who love the Barishlam, as long as the Barishlam is good to me and so on. Or it gives me certain things. But there's not Hava Tlui Bedava. The Kasha Sibas Adava Betela, Ahava. The problem, of course, with Ahava Tlui Bedava, the problem with love that is dependent upon something that's conditional, is, as Chazal tells us, that in the case of Amnon and Tamar, you recall, that it was a half brother and sister. You recall that he was mishigya and crazy over over her. He was crazy over her, and he had to be with her. And the whole nice that happened. It's not nice to even talk about the person who's in love. You know that he basically it was basically uh, he he basically raped her. And and after that nice was finished. So the Navi says that he hated her with a greater hatred than the love which he had loved her with five minutes before. Now he loathed her. This is the problem with many, many relationships. Many, many relationships. But there's so much ahav, there's so much ahav. You see people that they, that they love each other, they love each other, they love each other. They're going after six, seven years. So much ahav. And then they're married, not for six days. Nahav is saying, is ayver buta. There's no longer any ahav. Why? So there's nahav at when, when a person's love is because of something that is expected in return. In the case of Amnon and Tamar, it wasn't any kind of a love for her who she really was, and an ahava that was an altruistic love that was real. It was an ahava because of an infatuation, because of physical desire. And then, as soon as he, as soon as he carried out, as soon as he carried out that fantasy, like we see, could say that all around us. So then it was, then it was nothing. Not only was it nothing, but he hated her because he blamed her for her for his own downfall. He blamed her for the ugliness of what he had just done, which often happens uh, with many of these little couples that are uh, running around together and so on. That the, 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 between Ahava and Sinna, the boundaries between love and hate, as you know, the boundaries between love and hate are very unclear. Very unclear. Because the Ahava is an Ahava Tliyabadam. The love is a love that, that depended upon something. So when it comes to that, when the cause of love, when that which the love depended upon, if that disappears, so then then what then there's then there's no more love. That's it. The reason, even though it wasn't wasn't articulated, but the reason that he loved her was because of this. But when that's finished, for whatever reason, it's not going to be. It's finished. 
So right now, as we speak, there's some boy and a girl parked someplace, and he's telling her, "You have no idea how much I love you. You have no idea I love you." And he and he he has all the lashiness from his iPod and from his television. Like in his ear, he has a friend of his that's broadcasting live. What to say? And then and, and the girl says, "Oh, that's so nice that you love me." And he says, "Yeah." And then and then he tries to you know a little bit. Outside, I told him to do something that's not holy, and then she says, "Oh no, no, I'm sorry, you got the wrong girl, sweetheart. There's nothing to talk about. You come, you can't come within four hours of me until we're under the chuppah. And you'll see how quickly is butla ahava. First, not not right away. It's not the first day. He'll go out again. You know, he'll go out a few months. Sometimes he figures, and all of a sudden they're telling him, nah. What are you talking about? They all say that it's not true, and you'll see. Just give a little bit more time. Be patient. Zayin good. It'll be good, you know. And if it's not going, you go to a rabbi. You get a brach. It'll be for sure good. And just be patient. And then, and then they. they and he's, But if he's the second that he sees that there's nothing to talk about, that she's the shum oifen is not going to be mevat, is not giving in on her holiness. The second that he sees that is, you'll see, but lahav. Stahav is gone, and, she, and then he starts to have questions and doubts and problems. No, and then she calls up. Oh, you love me. You said you love me. Uh, then we went out. We already know each other for ten days, and you, and you said how many times? How many times you love me? So he says, you know, uh, I'm thinking maybe you know, I'm just a little bit. It was too fast, and I'm too young, and there's things, and you're too young, and I don't know. And so I find the relationship very frustrating. All these things, and and. And it's Batla Hava, because there was no Ahava. It's Ahava, it was Ahava Tlibadav. And if the girl, if once it became clear to him that what he wanted, he wasn't going to get, so then it's Batla It's Batla And then you have it on different levels. A person who, who got married because he expected that his wife was going to be this and do that and, and say this and be this and do that and so on and so forth, and something is missing from what he expected. So if the Ahava is a Tlibadav, so then it's short, short lived. It doesn't have a long lifespan, the Ahava. And then it's just a question of how they could tolerate each other. But as far as the Ahava, the love is concerned, look how many divorces there are. I never met anybody that didn't love each other when they went on the hook. You ever met somebody that said, I don't love you, but let's get married? You ever meet anybody like that in your life? And then you meet people that they hate each other. It was such, you know, these divorces, crazy, crazy things. Such a sinner to ruin each other's life. To ruin the other one's life. Lahachis. Even with a child. But lahachis. So, and I said, but, you know, but seven years ago, you were under the chuppah. I love you. There was the biggest love story, you know, in the world. The whole ahava. Not always, but mostly. It's ahava tlivadav. It's an immature love that was depending upon something that was expected in return. And, and when that wasn't, when that wasn't forthcoming, so then but love. So then the Ahava went away, and we understand that once the Ahava is not there, and you have to live with somebody day and night, you have to live with someone. It's not shot. Anybody even had a roommate in school? I always say to people, someone says, I always say, who are you, who are you rooming with in yeshiva? Oh, my best Chava. I said, well, that's the surest way to lose a friend is to be a roommate with a friend. Because you could be the best friend if it's down the hall, if it's on the second floor. But if you'll be in the room together, it's kimap very, very hard. It's a very high level of friendship, it can. But if it's not, if it's a habit, leave it over. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very hard that it should go. Further, it's very hard that it should continue. So, the thing is not there, so then 
the the love is not there. Lu'umasa, on the other hand, that type of love, which is very hard to to understand, love that is that is not dependent upon something that I get in return, which for us is so hard to even imagine what that means. If Hashem doesn't actually de- demand that of us, we'll see there are different levels of Ahava. It's a very high level to reach. He says, Ahava shantli vidava, he Ahava be'etzim. That is an essential love. Be'etzim means it's the essence. The love is the is be'etzim. Is a love be'etzim for who you are. Not what you do for me, but for who you are. Ahava be'gematria echad. Everybody knows that the numerical value of the word Ahava, love, is Echad. Echad means one. She'in Ahava why is the gematria of Ahava, of love, Echad? Why does it equal the same as Aleph, Ches, Dalet? Why is that? Why, does it, why is it that it's 13? Ahava is the gematria 13, and Echad is the gematria 13. And you'll understand why the age of Bar Mitzvah for a boy, why that's 13. Is Ahava gematria Echad, why? Because what is Ahava? What does love truly mean? The true meaning of Ahava of love is when there's an absolute unity between the one who loves and the one who is beloved. Between the Oyev and the Ne'ahav there's an absolute oneness that binds them together because of who he is, who she is, or who the friends, who he is, who he is. It's an ahava that's, that comes from achdus pnimis. See, that's why, for whatever reason, how did we get the age of 13 for a boy? How did we get that age of 13? That's a very interesting thing in learning. It's not for now. But I think that we could all understand that Ahava is the gematria echad because an immature person cannot really experience that. An immature per- person can only experience a love that is dependent on something. In other words, our children, Bez Hashem, our children begin to love us. Why do they, lo- why do they love the, 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 the kid loves his mom? Why does he love his mom? He's so gewaldic. What, he, he had a chance to look through a catalog or something and, it, 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 and it has like a description you know, this lady this lady she does this she has this she's so not she's like he doesn't he didn't he doesn't have a catalog this is mommy so what so he, at some point very very early earlier than with anybody else in his life he he, he loves this person he has an ahava for this person why please have it leave it over because when I don't feel well this lady makes me feel good it's not so complicated if I cry, she stops by. If something is hurting me, if something is hurting me, so then we have to make sure it's the mothers, not the uh, not the maids, right? So, so the, so the child feels that this the child feels a love because the ahav is I love this person because she what she does to me. It's not so. Someone would say the, the you know there's a more chosh of a, next door your friend is a much more chosh of a mommy than you. So it, it doesn't mean anything to the child. And so a little child, a little child, the Ahava is purely a, a love that is dependent upon upon what the child gets. That's how a child is. Maturing means maturing means being able to go beyond that. 
being able to appreciate somebody for who he is, for who she is. That's a, that's already a, that requires a certain maturity. And it's not just loving people, even loving, loving, you know, loving different things in the world. What do I mean by that? I don't mean first um, to indulge. I mean loving to see to see the world and to look at to look at a tree and to look at the sunset and to and to and to feel a, that that connects you to Hashem is bro. That's something which is mature because Ahave equals Echad because a mature person is able to join things together. Echad means oneness, right? An immature person, everything is chach, you know, pach, everything is, is like separate by a, little, by a little one. Everything is separate. And even by an adult is immature. A mature person, all of life becomes one big sugi. Everything has a connection. Echad is Ahava. Love, a person is only capable of love when he's mature. True, of true love. Again, a child's love for a mother is pure, it's very sweet, but it's not have As the child gets older, he has he learns how to appreciate who his mother is as a person, not just what she can do for me. And therefore we see in this generation, which is such a, a, a we're living such a selfish time, that people are, are capable very uh, children are very it's very easy for them to turn away from parents. Not so much Hashem amongst amongst uh, Jews, but e- even even amongst Jews, but certainly in the world at large, that's a parent. Oh, uh, as long as you did this for me, as long as you as long as you paid for this and took care of that, then then I uh, I, I love you. But when that stops, since the whole thing is a habit leivadar. So then, when the when the dava stops, then it's about love. So the tzaddik explains that love is gematria echad because that's what love means. He says, "Vehine the fourth line, vehine ahava tli v'dava, sheyeches gam ba'akum." Now, what he's saying, you might not find pleasing. Some of you might not find pleasing, although I think I'm sure most of you really don't mind. But some of you might not in, uh, like this. But th- that's okay. It's it's a question of getting used to the truth of Tyre, and that takes time. It's panemius at It's the inner light of Tyre, and the inner light of Tyre is it doesn't hold back anything that's not true. It's not like somebody that's making a speech to make people happy. It's the inner light of Tyre. What the Rebbe says here, the Tzaddik says here, is that ahavatli v'dava, that first lower level of love, sheiches gambaaku, a guy can feel that also, but that's all that a guy is capable of feeling. According to the Torah, that's all that a guy is capable of feeling. Akum means a guy. Why? There's no question that a guy can appreciate and acknowledge when someone's been good to him. There's no, there's no question about it. Not only that, it could be a tr- tremendous amount of love and a very, very great outpouring of love that, that you could see by some people who are not Jewish when they feel that someone's been good to them someone's been good and they're capable of feeling recognition and acknowledgement of somebody doing something good for you or being good to you is is the is that which motivates or awakens from a person that emotion of ahava of love but a love which is which is dependent upon something Again, it doesn't. It's not selfish or bad. It's very beautiful, as I said before. But self called self, there's a give and take. And what the what the what the Swamakadoshim tell us is that a guy is limited in that respect to feel this level of love. Therefore, a guy can certainly feel 
love for, for somebody who's been good to him or good to her and, and is kind to him or her and takes care of him. and we have there are, there are, there are some stories of very heroic Goyim during the war and, and the appreciation that they had for, for Jewish families and that they that they uh, that they with great personal risk that they rescued Jewish families so there were there were some that were like that I mean very few relatively speaking but Shafko Shafko there was some in our family my, my, my uncle's oldest my father's older brother so he was before the war he was already in the in the diamond business in, in Europe and he left all that he had he, he was able to give it give it to a get it to a a guy a Hungarian, a guy, and and because um, he saw what was happening, the Jews were being taken away, and he gave it to this guy, who was a friend of the family, and um, and after the after the war, my my uncle found out where this guy was living. He was living at that time. He was in in in, uh, in Budapest, and my uncle went to him, and he had he gave him back every single thing. Which cannot you don't hear such a thing. And my uncle was like, my uncle had, uh, you know, for those times, there was tremendous poverty. The guy could have taken everything. Nobody would have ever, ever. My uncle, my uncle said he'll just try. Maybe he'll give me one thing, you know. Uh, he'll throw me something. Uh, he gave him back everything. And my uncle, like all the Jews were coming from the camps. And my uncle started a business in Budapest after the war. He was already a businessman. And, and by the time my father got there and met up with him, which was a miracle how they met, because my father thought that he was already killed, and my father met him, so my father was still at that time walking up and down looking for bread and going over, there were Americans that were giving out things and stuff, and some Russians that were nice, a few, and, and, but, and then and he met my uncle, my uncle already had like his own apartment, <laughs> he was like living, you know, and it, it was a very unusual thing. Because the guy kept every single thing. Here, back to my uncle. It was a, it was a pellet, and, and then my my uncle's on his own side used to used to write him letters. And he wasn't he wasn't a rich man, the guy. And he would my uncle would send him things and would send him letters for years until he passed away. He was sent. My uncle would send to this guy in Budapest. Why? So, why? Because my 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 grandparents, I should avenge their blood. That my my grandparents were good to that family. They were kind to that family. And he told he told my my uncle about how my parents helped them out when they had a problem. They had, they had a child that was sick, and they and they couldn't get to a doctor, a certain doctor. There was a Jewish doctor in Vienna who was mishpoch, who was something, you know. And they, they they wrote letters and they took care, and they, and they saved a lot. And they felt the hakar was a tough. How that he held the every single stone he kept until after Muhammad, which was also a personal risk. How he did that and where he hid it and so on. There's such a thing that a person has, a Hakara which is which which is heroic and remarkable. Still, it's limited to that. Kulam, however, The highest level of Ahava, which is Ahava, which is It's only Shaykh the Jews. That's the truth of Torah. Even though we don't remember any, you know, uh, sonnets that uh, Jews wrote, but Ahava, you know, Ahava, which is ainitly the highest level of Ahava, is only Shaykh to Jews. Ahava and Levi Shaykh, Shaykh Zarak of Nisrael. Mikavin Shemuhus Ahava Zu. Why is that? What do you mean? How come it's only Shaykh to Jews? So one has to understand what it means to be a Jew and what a Jew is. Even though we don't always see this on, on ourselves, 
ending each other, we have to try. And if we would, it would be much better life. He says, because we have to remember that the essence of this love, of this ahava, he it means absolute oneness and unity with the one that you love, with the other. It means achdus to be absolutely bound and one with the ne'ahav. By Rakla Knesset Yisrael, Yesh Achdus Gemurim HaKadosh Baruch When it comes to human beings and how they feel for each other, that there should be an Ahava which is Enetli Vedavar, can there be such a thing? It's extraordinary. But the capacity to love in such a way where, where it's Enetli Vedavar, it's only with this absolute oneness. Absolute unity and oneness, first of all, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with Hashem, is something which is beyond the spiritual reach of any of any non-Jew. A guy can't go to that place. There's no such thing. He can love God as part of a relationship where he feels that there's give and take. But to love, but to love Hashem is Baruch for this because of Hashem is Baruch and who He is, Kivyach. Even though it could be that you're getting beaten and parched, God forbid, and you don't have a crumb to eat, and your whole life is being ruined. Ahava, which is Enetlui Bedava, that that koyach to feel that Ahava for Kadosh Baruch Hu, that comes only because originally each and every one of our neshamas was was one with Hashem. It can only come from such a place. When it comes to Zivugim between Achas Nakala, where it's a true Zivug, as you all know, there was also in Shemayim before they came into this world, those two neshamas were one. The kids said, in short, Jews come from a level, a world that's called Echad. A guy doesn't come from such a world. A guy comes from what's called Alma de Piruda, the world of separation. And in the world of separation, there's appreciation, there's affection, there's warmth, there's love. There could be poetry and songs. But all of that is still part of the world of separation, fragmentation, and division. A Jew comes from the Alma de Yehuda, from the world of unity. The neshama was in its original source bound, kivyachal, and even in this world, every Jew has within him and her a chelakul a portion of God Himself, which is unblemished and can never ever ever be destroyed. And that that part of the other within the self, that is the mystery of echad, of unity of ones. And therefore, as we spoke of many times, Netanya explains, and we've learned a lot over the years. One does not have to try to create a belief in God. Belief in God is something which is natural, much more natural to a Jew than anything that we eat or breathe or anything else. Belief in Hashem is, 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 is since, it, since we are one with Hashem, and even in this world, there's a chelik al mamish inside each and every one of us. So it's the only reason that we, that we don't sense that or, or feel that connection is because of things that are blocking, things that are in the way. But if everything is healthy and the systems are clear and there's nothing polluting or distorting, so there's a natural ahava, there's a natural, there's a natural ahava that, that the Jew feels for that which is part of he himself. It's who he is. And in the, in the, the essence of a Jew is a lakus, is godliness. That's what it means. Ahava is the gematria echad. Ahava equals 13. That's echad. That's what he says. 
And that's what the Zohar says, Kutshavichu Yisrael Varvayis Echadhu, is also the Torah. So the Zohar says that Hashem and the Jewish people, which means every single Jew, and the Torah also, it's all one. It's all one. It's all Echad. Therefore, we're capable of loving Hashem. Not just Ahavatul, uh, we're capable of loving Him in a, in a totally altruistic way. And we're capable of loving the Torah in a completely, completely altruistic way. Even though the, you might feel that the Torah, what's the Torah doing for me? Or you people that live so, through such hardships because they're observant Jews. And and, uh, and people on the outside wonder, what, why would you possibly do this? Like, why are you keeping Shabbos? Shabbos, uh, there are people that they, that half of their business would be, uh, 50% of that business is on Shabbos. And a Jew takes off and, and they go and look at that and they, they, they think we're crazy. How do you take off? That's, that's half of your business is Shabbos. How can you take off? It's something which can't be explained. This is it. That's the Mitzvah. I'm a Jew. So the person says, but what is Shabbos doing for you? Do you, do you, do you have you become rich because of Shabbos? No, I, be, I become poor because of Shabbos. I, I close my store. So what is it? So the person says, I spoke about this. Some of you might remember Shabbos ago a little bit. Remember, some of you were there Shabbos ago. That must have Shabbos. I was talking about, I was talking about why, what, what does it mean? What does it mean to love as a self love Hashem was Ahav. And I spoke about where the reason for love is Kacha. You remember I spoke? Why do you love? I love like I said, this is how it is, because that's how it is. But if you have to start to say, if somebody asks you, why do you love your wife? I love my wife because, you know, because she has red hair. Ooh. And then if it, and then, and then if her hair falls out, she's like, it's not good. Oh, I love my wife because because she takes the kids on carpool. She doesn't make me go on carpool. You know, whatever, whatever it. But if 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 somebody has to come up with reasons for the ahava, it's very, it's not so gishmak, right? That's what we were talking about then. That shabbos agad. It's not so good if you have to really explain uh, explain why. I was just uh, it was last not this past Shabbos the one before I had a, I had Shabbos for so my my niece and my new nephew was and he was speaking of Shabbos as such a sweet thing because he said that that they were going out they were going out and she said come to Uncle Moshe Shabbos Agol you know so uh, so he didn't really want to go he said but uh, you know you you you're, court, you're trying to court the girls so it doesn't <laughs> so all right I'll go to the I'll go to the shir so he went to the shir. And he said, and he said, and the, the talk he gave Shabbos said, he said, then he said to me, Uncle Moshe, you know how much you helped, you, you really helped me. Because I, I didn't know, like, what am I going to say? Like, how am I going to figure out, like, how to, how to, you know, what to propose and how to say it? But then I just said, Kacha. <laughs> in other words, now I feel, I just, Kacha. So I said, that's not exactly what I had in mind. You know, you, you could be more expressive about it. You know, he said, no, that was it. And I was like, oh, you let me off the hook. It was good. I didn't have to explain anything. So when the, when, when, the, when my colleague asked me, like, well, why do you feel the way? I just said, Kacha, that's what Uncle Moshe said. Of course, there's, of course, it's true, but people want to, people need to hear, you know, people need to hear. But it's true, that, that, that Ahava, which is an Ahava, that's Enet Tlibadara, it's an Ahava that, that to explain it, or to give it reasons, or to try to rationalize it, or to tell somebody else, it, it, it diminishes, it insults the Ahava, it's insulting to the Ahava, it's an insult to the Ahava. Says this type of ahava, this is something which is only okay, only a Jew is capable of this. Therefore, only by a Jew is it shayach to have such an ahava pnimis, such an inner love. But this is not the case. That alavav mem hey stands for the nations of the world. 
But this is not the case by the Umas Ha'olam, by the nations of the world. Which again, it can be very nice and very beautiful, but it's not the, it can't be this level of Ahava. The Ahavta is only by a Jew. The Ahavta. It's only by a Jew. As I said, that Goyim Be'etzim are separate from God. That doesn't mean that they don't have a relationship. That doesn't mean that they doesn't mean that they can't appreciate and so on, and they can't talk to him and daven to him. But self called self is from a distance. It's too separate. It's possible to, to care for somebody that's separate from you. That's not a mess. That's fine. So there can be a love, but the love is two separate beings have a love for each other. Therefore, by by Goyim, it's only Shaykh, the Madrega of Ahava Tliyibadava. Love that is dependent upon something. But certainly, the way we see it in our lives is if a, 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 a guy who's great, who's filled with gratitude, can be can be a nicer person than God forbid a Jew who's ungrateful, right? We can see that, unfortunately, with our eyes. The Gemara says a very fascinating halacha. Some of you might have heard this. The Gemara says, You know, we're supposed to do mitzvahs. We're supposed to do mitzvahs not to get anything in return. We're supposed to do mitzvahs good because Hashem wants us to do mitzvahs. Still, the din is that let's say a person says, let's say God forbid someone's child is sick. So the Gemara says that this guy, the father, says, I'm giving to the, I'm giving money for tzedaka, I'm putting money into the pushka, al menas, on the condition sheyachibini. So on the condition that my child will live. The child is deathly ill, and the, and the father gives tzedaka, al menas sheyachibini. No. So the Gemara says that that's, that that's, the Gemara says that that's a legitimate, Surprising, that's that, it's not necessarily recommended, but it's a legitimate form of tzedakah. Because this is the difference between what? This is the difference between a Jew and a guy. The by a Jew, this is a mila. What's the mila? As the Gemara tells us. That even if God forbid in the end the child dies, who samer ben nesina, self the Jew says, the normal healthy Jew says, let the money stay in tzedakah. He's happy that he gave this tzedakah. I. What do you mean? You said that you're giving this money on the nas on the for the sake or on the condition that the child lives. So why is that? Why is that an acceptable form of tzedakah? Why is that? How can a person make a condition like that? So the Gemara says because we know that in his heart of hearts, even if God, even when he said that, even if even though he knows that the child might die, he, he's happy that the tzedakah should go to poor people. It should go. Samech, he says, even if the child doesn't live, he still is happy, and, and even when he said it. He had in mind, even though he might he might not have said it at the time, but in his in his in that place of inside of him that's called Echad, one with God, to do the will of God, in that place inside of him, he was happy that the person should get the money, the poor person should get the money, even if it doesn't work out for himself. Because the pnimius of a Jew is to give because God says it's good to give. The pnimius of a Jew is to want to give. 
the pnimi is the inner inner quality of a Jew is to want to give without any need to get anything in return. So even though he was saying he wants to get something in return, I want my kid to be well in return for the money that I'm giving. I want something. I make. I'm prepared to make an, an exchange. And it sounds like he is negotiating a deal with Hashem, which is not appropriate. Still, the the din is that is tzedakah. Why? Because even though he said that. That in order that my child learns, I want to get this in return, but Bamis, Bamis, even he was hoping to push it along, but even even though the child wouldn't, wouldn't the child didn't live, and Shasmaisi, when he said it inside of him, he, he wants to give Sadaka. That's not something you can explain, but that's the Matthias of a Jew. The Lord called Rodson Kabbalah. Without any without any Rodson, without any Rodson at all. To receive anything in return. That's because the essence of a Jew is capable of feeling a love even though I get nothing in return. It didn't work out. I get nothing in return. Mashaini came by a guy, which is not the case by a guy. The Gemara says that if the child, let's say a guy would say a similar thing, if the child wouldn't live, if the kid doesn't live, he wants his money back. And even though he might not say because he might be embarrassed, but he wants it back. The Chazal can make statements like this, and the Torah can teach this because the, because Chazal received from from Moshe Rabbeinu all the way down through the generations an understanding not of the uh, it's not a question of their opinion. It's not Chazal's opinion. This is the truth of the world. What they're stating is the truth. It's not an opinion. We're used to opinions. This is not these are not opinions. This is the truth. So, but la dava, but la hava. Veina chofetz benesina klal. That means that the essence of a Jew, the essence of a Jew doesn't need to get anything in return. And the essence of a guy is that he really doesn't want to give. The reason that he gave was that the child should live. If the child didn't live, that was the reason that he, that's the reason that he wanted to do that. And if the child didn't live, so then, so then he doesn't want to give the money. And that's, at the beginning of Tanya, when the Alter the, the talks about the beginning of Tanya, of Chesel and Mechatas, that even the kindness of the nations of the world is not, is not free of sin. The kindness of the Goyim is tainted. That's what the Tanya talks about at the beginning. When he discusses the nature of a Jewish soul, the Tanya explains that the Sav Kol Sav, even the, even the most noble act of kindness, when it comes to a Goyim, there's the expectation of something in return. Again, that can be a very good thing. It's a very high thing. It can be a very noble thing. But, but self-self, there's the expectation for something in return. Whether it's recognition, whether it's a, that the child live, whether it's a, an award, whatever it might be. But there's, there, there is that hope and expectation for, 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 there to be, for it to be reciprocated. Bara hadava shaseida avaydas adam shaseida avaydas adam bekniyas esmidas ahava the tzaddik explains that there's no question that if we're going to try to work on Ahavaz Hashem to love God, you have to begin with the simpler level. You must begin with the primary beginner's level, which is very hard. To begin with that level of feeling a love for Hashem and awakening that feeling and thinking and thinking and working on this, to think about all the good that God does for us and all that we have in our life and all that it means to be a Jew in different ways that we can concentrate and focus so that we should feel at least that beginning stage the first stage which is itself good which is a love because of something
a love because. You can't skip to the second one. You have to go in order. Only afterwards is it possible to acquire the higher, very exalted love that for, for us is really something that's hard for us to understand, that level of Ahava which is Enet Libadava, which, which doesn't depend on anything. Within each and every Jewish soul there's a certain Kayach. And in that Kayach is Tamish Every Jew has this Kayach, which itself is divided into two Kayachs. Every Jew has the ability, it's very natural and easy for a Jew to feel that first level of Ahava, which is an Ahava that's because of something. It's part of a Jew. Echad. That a Jew has the ability to feel that. The work of a person in this world, in the midst of Ahavas Hashem. The avoid of a person is legalis ahavazu when habakayach with a pile. Not to create some sort of love, but to reveal that natural love. To reveal the love that's within a person, within a Jew, in that place that's called echad. To reveal that love and to draw it out from being in a state of potential to being in a state of the pearl actual. Veracious, therefore, one must begin. One must begin with that level of Ahava, which is Tluyibadavim. And afterwards, and only afterwards, And only afterwards is it possible to reveal that Haya Madrega, which is that a love that comes from that purest place. And he just writes in parentheses. There are some people There are some people that have a natural It's amazing when you meet people like this There are people that are naturally, naturally Filled with Hakarzatai Anybody that does something for them They feel like forever indebted Forever indebted and grateful Forever It's a natural There seems to be people who have Because of whatever reason that they have a schus Wherever the neshama comes from That that they just feel with their parents, they appreciate everything with friends. Anybody that does them a taiva, they're filled with hakaras a taiva, and they'll do you for the rest of your life. They'll do you a taiva. There is such a thing. That's on the kudazomishtanis. So therefore, by them, by them, since they have a natural inclination for that, it's easier for them to get to work on the higher madrega fahava. Since they have the more, most basic level, by different people, it comes more easily. Comes by others, it's with greater difficulty to feel gratitude and so on, and to feel an ahava that's tuli So these people who who already have this ahava, this, this, this love, which is the first level of love, which is very easy for them to love people and to feel gratitude and to feel appreciative. So for them, they can start, they can start very quickly. They can begin to work on the higher madrega of ahava, uh, on, the, on the higher level of ahava. Because I think there's a, there's a story that a story that I, that I told you that that um, that uh, there was a famous Yiddish writer. There wasn't uh, most of what he wrote was not uh, anything that. That we should read, that our children should read. He was a, came from a very holy background and from a very beautiful home. But he himself got terribly fed lunches, like many did in that generation. 
it's a famous, I don't want to mention the name, but there was a famous writer from Warsaw who wrote in Yiddish mostly, in, in English also. So he was, his father was a, his father was a rabbi, his father was a big Talmud Chalfa. And uh, he, I, I think I told this to you, I think maybe two years ago, and I just remembered it, that he, he was saying about how it's, there was a, there was a, um, there was a, a, a fellow, he was a big guy, that wasn't Jewish over there in, in Warsaw where they lived. And he became a shiga, this guy became a sugar to convert. It was very unusual back then, in that place. But he became crazy, he wanted to be a Jew. He wanted to be a Jew. And uh, it took a long time and different things, and, you know. Okay, so he said that his father was part of that court of that bezin, and the, and the, they converted this 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 guy, and uh, and he became like a, a big this 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 gear this convert was like a big big activist, like he was he was going around screaming. I, I don't remember what it was about. Like you know, he had causes and things. He was a very like a you know he was a, a macha. So, so he was screaming at everybody in shul. He would go around the shul the whole time screaming. First of all, everybody has to. There can't be any talking, and, and he was very, you know, like, uh, and he was very frumped, and he was screaming about how everybody has to go right away to to Israel, and this how and, and Messiah is going to come. You know, he was, uh, and uh, he was getting on people's nerves a lot. You know, he was very loud and uh, abrasive, and, the, and and he said, and and the writer said that in the shtibel that they were like, you know. They had a hard time with him, but he was a, he, he was a guest, so everybody was nice to him. They invited him over. He was a little bit crazy, but they invited him over to eat and everything. Then he was always screaming, and people said, oh, but they didn't have much to do, you know, with anything he said. So then, then he disappeared. It's a true story. He said he disappeared, and he said that nobody saw him. And they would ask what happened to whatever, what happened to him. They didn't know where he was. They didn't know where he was. So the writer says. That one time his father sent him that there was some dintar, there was something for the best. And his father told him to go to the other part of Warsaw, a bicycle or something, and to go bring back a Jew that had to come to the desert. And the writer says he was a boy, and he went, uh, he went all the way to this other part of Warsaw. There was a nicer part, and he went over there, and there was, uh, and he was started to rain, and he went under something that was there, an awning. And he got very scared because he, he heard inside they were praying and he saw that it was a church. And he got very, it was like a, a messianic church. They had that back then though. He got very, very, you know, he was a chassidish little boy. And he got very scared by this whole thing. And what do you think happened? He turns around he sees the gear, the convent inside over there, hallelujah, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> So he told over his mice, so what's the point of it? So, as a, as a child, as a chassidic child growing up in Warsaw, his conclusion was, he says, he came back, he came back, he said to the shtibel, he says, you're not going to believe, he told everybody, you're not going to believe who I saw. I saw the, the gear over there by church, davening, the, the gear. So they all, like the old Jews, they all said, no, that's the problem with the guy, they have no patience. He said, that was, he wants, we want Mashiach for thousands of years. This guy wants Mashiach for a year and a half. And it didn't, Mashiach didn't come and he's already in, back in church. He says, for thousands of years we're screaming Mashiach, Mashiach. He doesn't come, man. No, we'll get up, we'll go down from Melchimar. 
He's a, a year and a half, he's already in church. That's his, a year, he says. So that's what they said. They said, the Jew has patience. No. Now, Vatan, you have to, obviously he wasn't the real gear. That was, it wasn't the real gear. They made a mistake. Uh, a real gear is a real Jew. He wasn't the real gear. But a Jew has patience. We have patience. It's not for you, but other. Mashiach comes, Mashiach doesn't come, we're still Jews. He'll come, Mr. Shem. She'll come quickly. She'll be sorry to see it very quickly.